I'm glad you've admitted it's just your own hangups and your own expectations that are keeping you from seeing the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. And welcome to another episode of Good Bad Show, the show where we try and figure out if something is undeniably good or undeniably bad or not, maybe somewhere in between. Because I beat objective right out of Andy. I win again. Matt used his force of will to change what words mean and push society forward. I taught Andy what words mean and I pushed our show forward. Yep. Can we let that go now? Are you going to stop bringing that up? <laughs> uh, maybe next week. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let you run it out a little bit. You deserve it. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right. So this week, should I say this week? I don't really do it on a weekly basis. This episode. Yeah, that's a much better thing to say. Yep. On this episode, I want to talk about something, Matt, that you and I have discussed in the past that I think fits very interestingly into our matrix of things that are undeniably good or undeniably bad. Oh. And that thing is the film The Room. This is going to be very challenging. We're doing it. Here's one thing that's happened in my life. Uh, my fiance Susie, has said, you may absolutely not talk about The Room anymore. I've heard way too much of this. So I have a lot of pent-up feelings about The Room that I haven't been able to express to anybody. This is perfect because I rewatched it very recently with my cousin who has never seen it before. And it was the first time I've watched it in a couple years. And so I also have feelings I would not say are pent-up. I would say they're free-flowing. Yep. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to air them out right here on this show, Matt. Yeah, I have a lot of room repression, so, so first, be good. some context for people that may not know what we're talking about. Uh, the Room is a movie by Tommy Wiseau. It came out in 2005, I believe. And the movie is widely regarded by many people to be one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, and I say worst, I mean worst in terms of everything. Script, acting, uh, the quality of production, the music, the uh, cutscenes, the blocking the the way the characters are directed to move around the stage uh everything things you didn't even know could be bad about a movie are done poorly in the room right like i had never actively actively thought about how two actors and actresses bodies related to each other in like the space of a set until watching the room and i was like wait why is this guy sitting on the ground indian style and then getting up and then walking away 10 seconds later like why do you sit down on the floor what is that it makes no sense also i've never really focused on a movie like is this whole movie off-center? I've, I've never had that thought during a movie and even considered that somebody might not get that right. But and these, it, are things you can, you, these are things to get wrong. It is off-center, Matt. And do you know the reason why? I do, actually. Yeah, so the reason why, dear listener, is that uh, Tommy Wiseau, in his brilliance, this is the man that is the writer, director, and uh, star actor of The Room, uh, he shot the movie simultaneously on film and digital with a custom camera rig that had both cameras mounted to it, meaning that neither one was actually directly pointed at the scene. And to my knowledge, the digital footage never got used. I think it's all the film footage in the movie. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And I, I don't want this to become an episode where we just, you know, geek out about the minutiae of the room, which we could do for a long time. Because sure. there are a million bad movie podcasts out there with episodes about the room. Go seek them out. Enjoy them. They are great. Read The Disaster Artist, the tell-all book written by the co-star of The Room. Don't read it. Get the audiobook because he does a Tommy Wiseau impression, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. And the man in question is Greg Sestero, who plays Mark in The Room. So seek out those things if you're interested in learning more about that kind of culture. Matt, what you and I, what our focus on this episode is going to be is to determine if The Room is undeniably good or undeniably bad. And obviously, I'm, I'm going to have a starting point. I, I can only start with it's undeniably bad because that's yeah. the only reason we love it, right? <laughs> I mean, that is basically one of the only things that most of culture can agree about. Almost everyone agrees that it's a really bad movie. So who are we to stand between it? 
But does that mean you're coming at it? Are you about to argue that it's undeniably good or you just want to cement that and just be totally clear that this movie's undeniably bad. We better set that in stone because that is going to be our basis for all other arguments in the future. Well, here's, here's the way I want to come at it, Matt. I think The Room is a terrible movie. I really do. I sure. think it's very bad in all the ways we mentioned. Uh, basically, no redeeming qualities. You couldn't look at this movie and learn anything about how to make a better movie if you were studying film. You would just learn what not to do. Well, I mean, arguably, like, would you be, would you be a better filmmaker if you watched just a blank screen for a period of time? Because at least you wouldn't learn any bad habits. Well, no, I think, <laughs> ultimately, I don't think exposure to anything ever makes you worse. So I don't want to do that. I think exposure to everything with the right context will make you smarter and better and more aware of the world. But the interesting thing, Matt, is I'm saying this is a horrible movie. I have probably watched it, oh God, maybe three dozen times at this point. Yeah. Uh, there are, I have a whole list in, in an app, in a text file on my computer, that is just great movies that people have recommended me that I have not had time to watch. It's probably 50 to 100 movies long, and yet I have rewatched The Room three dozen times. Why? So are you saying because the line from good to bad is not actually a line at all? It is just a circle, and it can come right back around to good again, and that's what happened to you? Well, here's the real question, I think. Yeah. When I watch The Room, the things that happen in my brain, I think, resemble the things that happen in someone's brain when they watch something really compelling and good, which is that I think deep thoughts about humanity and society, and I wonder about things and I'm, I'm really focused on it and it holds my attention the entire time and I laugh and I get a little scared sometimes <laughs> uh, like it does all the things if you like look at it with a level of remove that a good movie should do the rub is that it does those things because I am not thinking about the movie I'm thinking about the context the 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 galaxy of variables that had to sort of line up to allow this movie to come to pass I'm thinking about the the, the humanity behind it. Like, who is this man? And why is he doing this? And what's going on in his head? And why does he think about women this way? And all these things I'm thinking about are not what the artist wants me to think about, for all we know. And we have to operate under the assumption that uh, if you've ever seen any videos or writing about it, Tommy Wiseau, for all, as far as we know, genuinely believes he made a great movie and tried his best to make a great dramatic movie. Yeah. Uh, which... This is definitely not. Uh, I, I think we have to, have to accept that his goals were not accomplished. But in making the movie, he accomplished this other goal, which is that it's hilarious. And I've seen lots and lots of bad movies because it's kind of a passion of mine. And very few other bad movies are as quotable or as actually laugh-out-loud funny as The Room. Like, it's a very, very funny movie, yeah. uh, which is a hard thing to do, right? Like, go talk to a comedy writer who tries to, like, make people laugh for a living. And it's not an easy thing to do. No, maybe one of the harder things to do in all movies. So this movie's doing all these things, and really the only reason that people say it's a bad movie instead of a good movie is that it's not the things that Tommy Wiseau presumably wanted it to do. Mm, yep, that's true. But also, like, I don't really care that much about the artist's intentions. I pretty much always care about what the result is. So yeah, that really is the question. Do intentions matter? And I think that we have a problem in our culture of sort of intractably linking artists and the art they create, right? Yes. Uh, I freely admit that I think Jeff Koons is a jerk. So I look at his, you know, chromed balloon animal sculptures, and I'm like, this is a vapid, shallow nothing. Th that doesn't really necessarily affect his art in a way that would make us not appreciate it. Uh, you could be a human monster and still paint beautiful paintings, and I'm not going to try and say your paintings are bad. But 
Uh, if you're trying to make a movie and instead you end up making uh, an automobile, then I'm going to have to question some of your intentions there about how you actually were making the thing that you're making. So I think it really comes down to the fact that I think Tommy Wiseau is a bad filmmaker. I think he's a bad writer. I think mm-hmm. he's a bad actor. I think he's a bad choreographer. Uh, I think he's undeniably bad at all those things. But I am not prepared to admit that The Room is an undeniably bad movie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like The Room is like, uh, in a world of infinite possibilities, if you, do, if you do enough wrong things, like enough times, or maybe, maybe it's more of a, a monkeys on a typewriter theory, right? Like, you just do stuff randomly for long enough, eventually one person, whether they're doing good or bad, just hits on a thing by accident, even though they had no qualifications to do that thing. Is that maybe what's happening? I don't think so. I don't have a good argument for why other than, you know, the circumstances around the creation of the room are so extraordinary yeah. that it doesn't feel like random. It doesn't like, like to me, that would be like, you know, if some big summer blockbuster movie that got churned out by Hollywood ended up also having like a deep role in your life and a deep, giving you like a strong emotional connection. That to me seems like, okay, we turn out a bunch of weird random movies that are just meant to make a bunch of money. And this one happens to really affect somebody that's kind of like the random sort of the natural chaos of just that industry. Yeah. But to me, honestly, the reason I think that I'm, that I'm going to argue that the room is a good movie. (laughs) He says with a, with a grimace, uh, (laughs) is that ultimately every single thing you see on that screen, more or less is in control of one person in the room. Uh, like he truly approached the movie like an auteur, you know, like the Coen brothers or, uh, you know, some other uh, writer, director, producer kind of combo or, or auteur would approach something like he was in control of everything. And so it's insane, but it's insane in a way that is cohesive and insane in a way that is like so turned up to 11 that it becomes a thing. And I think if Tommy Wiseau were the uh, director on a movie that was written by somebody else and starred actually competent actors and everything else was fine he would just ruin the movie. It would just be a bad movie. There wouldn't be any virtue in watching it. There wouldn't be anything you could learn. It would just be a movie that came out bad. And same if you put him in any of those other, one, any other of those roles. But in the role in which he was in, which was do everything, uh, pay the bill for everything, pay for the entire movie out of his own pocket so that he has total control, the movie is pretty extraordinary in some ways. And again, not in the ways he intended, but I don't think we should just attach artist intentions to the quality of something. And honestly, I think The Room is a very compelling movie about human nature about people's perceptions of themselves and the world around them uh and about kind of honestly like the weirdness of movie making like it's kind of self-referential because the the wall between reality and the movie is so thin right the green screening is so bad and it's all shot on this one terrible set which is built like some weird house that makes no sense where the room is 10 feet wide and there's a spiral staircase and a fireplace and a door and the door and the spiral staircase are in the same place in the room and it's like it's impossibly brilliant in a way just because it's so committed to what it is the thing i wonder is is it just about like the pureness of vision is it is your argument that it's good because it's just like a, a, a vision executed in such a way that like it it just can't be replicated is it the documentary of a crazy person or is it just the opposite of everything that you expect and that can happen one time and be unique we've seen that a million times but this is the one time where it's happened so purely and uniquely 
that it's interesting, but it probably can't ever happen again because it, really the it, now the novelty of that has worn off. I think it's a combination of all those things. And, and to me, a, a perfect example is like the humor in the room, right? So the things we are laughing at, Tommy Wiseau did not intend us to laugh at. We're like laughing at the opposite of comedic timing. Yeah. But that said, if you go to see a stand-up show and the stand-up show is going along and then the comedian trips over the microphone wire and falls down on the stage and everyone laughs, do you go, oh, what a bad comedian. That wasn't his or her intention. We're laughing at this thing that they didn't intend. To me, the room is 86 minutes of someone tripping over a microphone wire and just falling endlessly. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't what the artist intended. And so I, th- I think there's an important distinction Well, actually, here, right? I would argue that if you see, if you watch a comedian bomb for an hour you would not argue that they're a great comedian but that doesn't mean you didn't laugh at it the entire time yeah you so might have had know. a great time anyway yeah um and in that situation like it's probably still not a good comedy bit uh yeah. it might just be that the experience of being there while a bad comedy bit was happening was very interesting and i think a lot of people for them that's what bad movies are it's not that the movie is good it's that the experience of watching a bad movie with your friends and with people you know uh is a very fun experience right and so but that's not what I think the room is, because I think I've told you the story, Matt, but for our listeners, the first time I ever saw the room, it was uh, recommended to me by an acquaintance of mine in college who, uh, honestly, I don't even know why he thought I would like it. I guess I was kind of into bad movies at the time. Uh, I know I had been passing Ninja Terminator around the dorm because everyone should watch Ninja Terminator. Um, and so I had no context for this. I didn't even know it was supposed to be a bad movie. I just... Uh, this person told me to go watch this movie, and I, I just took the recommendation. Yeah. And it happened to be like a Thursday night or something, and I got home back to my apartment late, and all my roommates were asleep. Um, at this time, I was sharing a room with somebody, you know, college, so it's a pretty big bedroom, but there was two of us sleeping in there. So everyone was asleep, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie, but I'm just going to do it uh, in bed. And so I, alone, in bed on my laptop, watched the room starting at like midnight on a Thursday and I had my headphones on so I wouldn't wake up my roommate mm-hmm. and the screen was facing me so the light wouldn't uh, wake him up or bother him and first of all it is weird to watch the room when you have no idea what's going on like extra weird yeah uh, and it is extra extra weird when you are alone in the middle of the night and there are no other human beings that you can kind of look to for reassurance that what you're looking at is crazy <laughs> and not normal and you're not a crazy person yeah so the experience of watching for the first time is one of the reasons why my attachment to the movie is so high, because I experienced it kind of in a vacuum, right? Like, I, I didn't have the experience of someone saying, this is hilarious, grab some beers, let's watch it and laugh at it together. It was just someone told me to watch it purely with no expectations, and I watched it, and it affected me in all the ways which I'm talking about right now. Like, it made me, it engaged me more than almost any other movie ever has because of how much I was thinking about what could have possibly happened to make this movie come to pass. But all of that is to say that I do think that sometimes the enjoyment of something can come even if the thing is bad, right? And this is the example of you're at a comedy, comedy show where someone bombs. Yeah. Uh, you're doing the sort of watch a bad movie with your friends thing. Uh, maybe you have an ironic enjoyment of something. Now, I think those are different than my relationship to the room, which is that in a vacuum or as close to a vacuum as we can get, it actually makes me think very interesting thoughts about the world, which to me is one of like the highest calls the highest challenges of any art is to like really make you consider the world around you so yeah i'm arguing the room is undeniably good and every single piece of it is undeniably bad but as a whole so good i have to say i don't think i can totally come on board with it being undeniably good i deny thoroughly enjoy it myself but i do think it requires a lot of context to enjoy 
uh i think like i think my I, my enjoyment of it grew as the context around it grew and i do we i don't know if we've defined this yet but i do think there's part of a piece of work that should kind of stand alone and work on its own and i don't know if it has that exactly so i don't think i'm going to say it's undeniably bad because even though every piece of it is undeniably bad it does come together to create something enjoyable but there are definitely enough people i've seen in my life that uh can just not enjoy it at all because there's a lack of context and they don't care to to know that i don't think that is uh the characteristic of an undeniably good movie well that's good so i want to lay some groundwork here so can we both agree that intentions of the creator are should not factor into our consideration of whether something is good or bad i think that's fair okay if we can agree on that um you mentioned that some people without the context won't enjoy it yeah i would argue that i don't care if you enjoy it or don't enjoy it i don't think that really affects whether something is good or bad um it sounds like you're not totally on board with that no, I do think, because because we haven't established some sort of measure of, of other ways in which we can decide that, because uh, we are still trying to get beyond subjective, even though we're not going to use the term objective anymore. Um, undeniable. Yep. I think I can't get past undeniable if there's like a large group of people that will just disagree with this and deny it. Uh, so I do think there is, there has to be some sort of consensus around something, which just makes it very hard for me to just say, room undeniably good i think there's so many things to enjoy about it the world of it is amazing the world of people who are obsessed with it and the stories that have come out of it but i still can't get on board with like it's not a standalone piece that you can be like anyone's gonna enjoy this so i, I want to dig in a little bit to this idea that something needs to be standalone to be undeniably good i think it does i mean we can pe- we can pull that apart if we want to but I'm, i think it does well I, I kind of want to question the idea that standalone is even remotely possible. And I, th- I think you'd certainly agree that it's not perfectly possible, right? Like nothing No, there's a, everything, is, everything has some sort of context, right? But I think there's a degree of like cultural context that we can rely on. And then there's a degree of hyper, uh, hyper obscure and specific information that isn't really fair to say that everybody should have and rely on. And that should be our measure for how things are judged. Well, so something I feel really strongly about is that... I think something can be totally undeniably good and still require context. And the simplest example is, uh, you know, take whatever movie or whatever song or whatever book or novel you think is the closest to undeniably good or bad. I know this is something you don't usually like to ascribe to things, but whatever that thing is that is, you know, unimpeachably great. uh, If you don't speak the language the thing is written in or acted in, you can't appreciate it, right? Uh, And so I don't think saying that, okay, well... I mean, are we saying, like... You, it could be translated, and maybe it's so good that it works in the translation. There are plenty of things that are translated and still work, but you're saying if that's not a possibility, you can't enjoy it. So that's, that's, that's just context required. Yeah, so I'm just saying that's one example of like simple context that without it, you will never be able to appreciate the thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that makes it not good. I don't think it makes no, it bad not at all. because, Which for is example, why I did you know, say earlier that I think there, there's some sort of scale where there's like a general assumption of context that we're allowed to have, but it can't get so hyper-specific that it's like, well, if you weren't born on this day and this year and this culture, then there's no possible way you could uh, understand it or enjoy it. And that's the, only, that's the requirements for it being good. So it's really important to me to figure out where you draw that line. Because I don't know. For me, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't see that line. Um, I think there's some culture and some you know, context that people are more likely to have, which means that 
the thing you make that is good is more likely to become popular because lots of people have that context. Yeah. But I don't think that making something that requires a more specific context makes it any less good. It just means that it could be really, really good and just not as popular because not as many people, you know, care about this thing or, or know this particular, you know, societal or cultural background that they need to really appreciate it. Um, that's something I, I really believe in my heart that like it, that context is not something we can ever rely on. And so we can only make things with whatever context we choose to make them in. And then mm-hmm. there'll be a certain size of people, a certain group of the population that can enjoy them. And that's just part of the, part of the stakes of making something. But I don't think it's at all tied up for me in whether something's good or bad. That's just whether people like it or not. Yeah. Mm, it's a challenge because I, I want to say like, because uh, it, it, it's just about like degrees of specificity. Like I feel like in the room, there's, all, there's a lot of like, uh, re- almost requirement of like the weird subculture of people who like bad movies even though I don't think it hits on every one of those points that bad movies hit on I think people get into it that way and they like it for very similar reasons even if it goes beyond that but I do think well there's that's like a certain requirement which is very specific it's more so than just saying you speak the language well is it possible that this subculture of people that like bad movies just happen to be the subculture of people that are willing to suspend their expectations and approach something with a more clear palette than somebody else who, you know, does have hangups about what a movie should or shouldn't be, or does have hangups about, you know, the artist behind it or whatever. Uh, I don't think that's what that is exactly. I think it's, it actually might be a person with even more hangups than anybody else <laughs> generally, but I don't know. I'm not convinced. We don't have um, to argue about that point specifically. Well, no, I, I think this is good because I, I, what I want to do over the course of the show is start to establish kind of flag posts that we can stick yeah. to. So, you know, we've talked about how, uh, intent doesn't matter in terms of whether something's good or bad. The next post I want to get you to agree on is that uh, sort of the cultural context required to appreciate something does not make it good or bad, and yeah. by virtue of that, nor does the popularity of it. Because popularity is the thing you can, you can mechanically, logically figure out, right? That's what marketers yeah. do. It's what advertisers sure. do. It's what people that make products and businesses do. They're just looking at the math and figuring out, like, all right, this demographic is going to like this thing this much almost certainly, uh, and that's what they do for a living. Uh, I don't think the kind of art that I'm talking about can be so coldly and quantified in that way. Uh, and so for me, that's the next signpost for me about good or bad, is that it doesn't actually matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter if a huge group of the population doesn't have the cultural context to appreciate it, because for the people that do, like The Room, there's no movie that I have a stronger connection to. There's no movie that I care more about. Yeah. There's no movie that I, I feel like I've gotten as much out of in my life as The Room, uh, which to some people probably think that's really sad. And I've seen some movies that are really good in air quotes movies. I really have. Uh, but something about the story of this thing just means so much to me. And yeah, so few people are going to have that context. So few people are going to read all the interviews, watch all the YouTube videos, read the book and pre-order it so they can get it right when it comes out. Uh, I actually have a picture of Tommy Wiseau signed in my underwear drawer. Uh, you know few people are going to go that far uh but honestly i think one of the one of the earmarks of a really good thing is that Mm -hmm. it has the amount of depth that allows you to go really far if you want to Uh, and not everything has that not everything will continue giving you more the more you dig in some things are just kind of shallow and the room is not that the room is deep (sighs) it is deep but because of the world that surrounds it is the (sighs) movie that's all art that's all art though yeah, I'm will I'm willing to go with that. I keep I'm trying to I'm trying to make analogies in my brain to make this work for me. 
uh, I keep thinking of food where like you could be a person that does or does not like sushi, but that's just a category of food. And if you're a person that just doesn't like that category, not really, you kind of have to recuse yourself from the conversation of whether this is a good or bad version of a category. So I'm willing to accept that. And what I'm trying to figure out is, are we talking about, is the category movie or is the category bad movie? Because it's an undeniably good bad movie. Is it actually an undeniably good movie? Because I don't, I don't know that I can go that far. Well, and, and here's where I think maybe the hangup comes in, is that I think what people want to be able to do is say, okay, if this is an undoubtedly good movie, then let's learn from it, right? Uh, That's let's, the problem. We can't learn we, from You it. can't learn from it in the same way, right? You can't look at it and go, you can't as an actor studying the art of acting, look at this and go, here's what I should do. You can't as a director, looking at the art of directing, look at this. You can't as a writer. You can't as any of the constituent parts of this movie, look at it and go, this is what I should do. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, very often we try and learn from the things that are good examples of the stuff we want to make. And this, because there's such a huge disconnect between the intent and the actual impact, means you can't do that, uh, which means that it doesn't fit that definition of good, right? Like if you're talking about like, you know, studyable movies worthy of academic, you know, interest uh, or something you can actually like really point to as a paradigm example of what you should be doing. No, this is not that. but this is still something that I would argue has a really big impact and does something that many other writers, directors, actors would strive to do and fall short. And whether he meant to or not, Tommy Wiseau accomplished that. I think you're right, but I don't... I still, I still think a good version of something... I think this is the big difference between you and I and all of this stuff, where, like, when I talk about something that's good, I really want to be able to pick it apart and find the pieces that make it good. Uh, and I also, which is why I come back to the idea of popularity a lot, which we, which I try to shoot down. Like, I try to not think of it that way, but then there's part of me that's just like, well, then what does popularity mean? I understand it can be engineered, but I'm also looking for something I can pick apart and, and figure out. So, like, of course that can be engineered. Mm-hmm. So I'm having a very hard time with the idea that it's something you can't pick apart at all. There's no, there's no individual pieces that add up to the whole, uh, which, which is why I want to settle on, I think it is an undeniably good bad movie. I can't settle on it being an undeniably good just movie because it just doesn't have any of the elements that I think make a good movie. Uh, I'm glad you've admitted it's just your own hangups and your own expectations that are keeping you from seeing the light. But by that definition, like, we could, so we could go back to the blank screen thing and be like, it has none of the elements of a good movie, but it just happened to work. Like, there could be other things that are just, like, mm, undeniably... But it didn't just happen to work. That's the thing. Well, you haven't watched that movie yet. You don't know. Wait until I make that movie that's just blank and it blows your mind. Well, You're you do see. it. You do it, and you see how many people feel as strongly about your 90 minutes of a blank screen with no, so- no sound as feel strongly about the room. Like, like yes, Matt, I, I get that it's frustrating that you can't take a lesson from it and apply mm-hmm. it. And if you can't, yeah. ready, maybe, maybe this is a lesson. It is really powerful to have something where the same person was in control of all the creative decisions. Maybe that's the nugget. And you don't have to be a crazy person. Uh, and I, I don't like using that term because it's kind of derogatory. Uh, you don't have to be a person like Tommy Wiseau who uh, is very different, who's very kind of disconnected from what other people might consider the real world. Uh, but maybe that's the takeaway, right? Like, he failed at everything except making a movie where he was in total creative control. Yeah. Which, if, honestly, if that, if that were not the case, again, I think this movie would fall short in a million ways. But it doesn't mm. because he was at the helm of everything. Mm. It's interesting. It's an interesting theory. 
I still don't buy everything totally, but I'm getting we're getting closer to something that we can work with here. The idea that in any in anything that is good, it's it can't uh it does have to have at least one of these elements. And uh if it's gonna be undeniably good, one if, if only one of those elements is working, it really has to be working one hundred percent. He shot the moon. <clears throat> he's like he's like playing hearts and he took every heart. <laughs> And that queen. He got them all, which means that he wins. Everyone else gets 26 points. He gave all the other directors, writers, and producers of all movies 26 points. And you, and you want to have a low score. That's a hearts, that's a hearts reference. Anyway, um, I don't know if we've settled it, but I feel like we've made some good progress in terms yep. of figuring out. We're, we're laying the groundwork, Matt. You know, we're, yep. we're in a big open world, and we've got, we've got some foundational posts we're laying down. I hope we're and keeping we're like a progress. Google Doc or a wiki or something where we oh. lay out all these points. Oh, I have them all written up here okay, on, my, on my post-it notes I'm sticking on the wall under a heading labeled good things. <laughs> That's going to be a very important thing for the website sometime in the future, where at some point we'll get so good at this, we'll come up with some sort of rubric where you can just run anything through it and uh, it comes out either good or bad. Is that what rubric means? Who knows? Who knows what that word means? <laughs> I love the idea of having a list of what makes things good or bad and then having references citations so people can go to the episodes and hear why we came to that decision yeah so this one is like artist intent doesn't matter and listen to this episode to find out why oh that's gonna be a good part of the new website Mm-hmm. i agree all right let's do that we're building an empire oh man this is gonna be good <laughs>